I'm Lee Cachera with 4K Ranch in Edna, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas agricultural on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. We are locked, loaded, and ready to roll with another edition of Texas Ag Today. All you got to do is jump on in with me and buckle up. We're going to take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, cotton planting is making good progress across Texas. In South Texas, they're about wrapped up getting this crop in the ground, but weather in the coastal bend has delayed the crop by a few weeks. We'll have more on that coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the Piney Woods of East Texas to the Rocky Ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. Texas Farm Bureau President testifies on Capitol Hill regarding taxation on agricultural producers. I'm Tom Nicoletti in Washington, and I'll have comments from that hearing on Texas Ag Today. We're still waiting for rain, but planting time has arrived in the Texas High Plains. I'm James Hunt, and we'll talk about that on Texas Ag Today. This is Jim Hearn in the Rio Grande Valley. Extreme South Texas receives more scattered showers. Row crops are looking real good. We'll have those stories and more in today's report. We'll have those stories, plus Texas wildlife news, and a complete look at the markets all coming up. Cotton planting is at all stages across Texas right now, with panhandle farmers yet to get started, while Rio Grande Valley cotton is planted up and growing. Miranda Easter is an agronomic services advisor for BASF in the Texas Coastal Bend. She says planting has about wrapped up there, but they are running behind schedule this year. I would say planting cotton in total is pretty much about done. However, because of guys waiting due to input costs and certain weather conditions, we are about three to four weeks later in the planting season than we are in previous years. Um, So we might have some Labor Day cotton harvested this year. Easter says weather has been a factor in that with some big rains in some areas. As far as uh, weather conditions as of today, we're actually sitting rather well. We had a couple of showers within the past week that delivered anywhere between three quarters of an inch to six inches in some places, uh, depending on where you're at. So we've obtained enough moisture to get things going. Um, We've had a couple of areas that might have needed to be filled in because six inches of rain, of course, right after you plant uh, can definitely cause some replant scenarios. But other than that, everything seems to be rather well as long as we get some timely rain moving forward. 
Miranda Easter with BASF in the Corpus Christi area. Some vehicle manufacturers' decision to drop AM radio from their dashboards is getting the attention of a lot of people in the farm broadcasting industry. Our own Tom Nicoletti is with a group of farm broadcasters in Washington, D.C. this week, talking to policymakers like Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg. He told the group that while his agency doesn't have the authority to address the issue, it is definitely on their radar. We certainly recognize the importance that uh, and, and the important role that AM radio has played and continues to play uh, with regard to people getting information that they need for safety, uh, notably but not only when it comes to, to weather emergencies. And one thing we know about living in these times is that weather emergencies are becoming more frequent and more severe. Uh, so while I don't know of a formal legal role that we have with regard to that, uh, it's certainly something that will be on our mind as we remain in dialogue with, with uh, the auto industry and with related industries when it comes to transportation. About one-third of the radio stations airing our farm programming here in Texas are AM stations. South Texas farmer and rancher Russell Baining testified before Congress this week. Tom Nicoletti was at the hearing in Washington and has this report. Russell Baining, president of the Texas Farm Bureau, presented testimony before the U.S. House Small Business Committee on Tax Day, Tuesday, April 18th. The leader of the largest farm and ranch organization in the state addressed the issue of high and unnecessary taxation on agricultural producers. Any additional tax burden on them would put our national food security at risk, increase consolidation in our industry, quite frankly, make America more reliant on foreign countries for our food. President Biden's budget puts farmers and ranchers and small businesses squarely in the crosshairs. The president budget's calls for the elimination of stepped-up basis and doubling the rate that capital gains are taxed. These changes, combined with proposed revisions in the death tax law, would result in $280 billion in tax increases over the next decade. Taking away stepped-up basis would devastate my family and many other farmers and ranchers across this country. If this tool is eliminated and I pass away, my children would be forced to pay taxes on appreciation from the previous generation. The tax increases in the president's budget proposal would leave our children with a tax bill that will likely leave them no choice but to sell the property. After paying staggering capital gains taxes, the federal government could claim up to 40% of the taxable estate for my children. Thanks to the 2017 Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, the estate tax exemption was doubled from $11 million per couple to $22 million, which helped prevent most family farms from paying the tax. Simply, death should not be a taxable event. Texas Farm Bureau advocates for abolishing the estate tax or, at a minimum, ensuring the current exemption set forth by the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act does not expire. That is Texas Farm Bureau President Russell Baining testifying on Capitol Hill. In Washington, I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Farmers on the Texas High Plains are still waiting for rain as spring planting time has arrived. James Hunt has more from Amarillo. It's tough to get excited about planting on a year like this where we're still in a drought. That's Kyla Hamilton of Shallow Water expressing the sentiments of many Texas High Plains producers. But having done some pre-watering of their fields, her family will begin planting corn this weekend. We are fortunate that we do have some irrigation available. We're not 100% dry land, so we've got that on our side, you know, that we can implement and utilize to kind of help us as Mother Nature would jump in and help, that would certainly 
make everybody feel a little more confident in their efforts. But for now, we're just going to keep on doing what we do. So cotton and corn going in the ground. We've got winter wheat in the field right now that we've grazed cattle on throughout the winter. So, of course, we'll terminate that crop. We won't take its harvest. We'll terminate that and just keep moving forward. Moving forward into what looks to be a challenging season. Maybe I'm just wrong, but I don't feel that we've ever been going into a crop year without some sort of bridge that we're going to have to cross along the way. This year, it just seems that we maybe have five or six bridges (laughs) to cross instead of just one major one. Some of those bridges Kyla Hamilton mentions include the markets, with corn and cotton prices way down from where they were a year ago. Plus, trade tensions with Mexico over GMO corn, high input cost, and our continued dry conditions. So things definitely don't look easy, but Hamilton is ready to go. It's hard to stay positive about it, but we just know that so far we have survived 100% of our challenging years on the farm, and we're just going to push through and do the best we can with the tools and the knowledge we have and just kind of make a plan as new challenges arise. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Extreme South Texas is getting scattered showers and row crops are looking good as a result. Jim Hearn has an update from the Rio Grande Valley. The harvest of citrus, mostly grapefruit and Valencia oranges, is continuing. There's still a lot of citrus left on the trees and the groves. And, you know, growers are worried that much of that fruit may end up going to juice. Harvest of spring sweet onion just moving along. It's been a good crop so far. Sizes above normal. Watermelon vines are running, and that means there should be a plentiful supply by Memorial Day. Scattered rain showers continue to push their row crops uh, while the valley's still in a drought situation. The rains are helping dry land producers and lessening the heat units that were causing crops to mature way too early. Rain accumulations, uh, basically one to four inches valley-wide. Even the range country has received several inches of rain. Some cotton planting has pushed acreage now to about 125,000 acres. Early planted sorghum and corn is maturing just because of the high heat units. And sorghum is in the boot stage right now. Corn also facing the higher heat units and causing it to mature way too early. Well, the valley still needs some stray showers to continue, especially for our dryland producers. This is Jim Herr in the River and Valley. The eighth annual City Nature Challenge is coming up. I'm Jessica Domel, and I'll explain coming up on Texas Ag today. And equine asthma is a common disease in horses. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. As we celebrate Earth Day 2023, we know that sustainability in agriculture requires our entire value chain to invest in our planet, this year's Earth Day theme. That's why we collaborate on best practices to protect crops, reduce inputs, conserve and regenerate land, and help keep fresh water clean, all while striving to reduce the climate impact of our own operations. This message is from Syngenta, investing in agricultural innovation that helps protect our planet today and tomorrow. 
We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Equine asthma is a common disease in horses. Dr. Bob Judd says there are some things you can do to reduce the symptoms. Equine asthma can be mild, moderate, or severe, with about 20% of the horses having severe disease, also called heaves. The severe disease causes difficulty breathing and causes horses to suffer, while the mild disease generally just decreases performance. Your horse could have the mild form of the disease, and you may not even be aware of it. Signs are due to constriction of the airways, and the airways are filled with mucus. The disease is due to triggers that cause a reaction and inflammation of the airways. Common triggers are hay and barn dust, but some cases can develop due to allergies on the pasture. This organic dust consists of many different chemicals that lead to an allergic and hypersensitivity reaction and permanent lung damage. Coughing and difficulty breathing with exercise are common in mild cases, and sterile fluid is placed in the lung, collected out of the lung, and analyzed to make the diagnosis. Although treatment with corticosteroids and bronchodilators is required, successful treatment must include limiting the amount of antigens the horse inhales for any treatment to be successful. Ideally, these horses would be on grass year-round or complete feeds and never eat hay. However, this is not practical in most situations, so one option is soaking the hay before feeding to these horses. Feeding hay on the ground is much better than feeding in a hay net, as respirable dust is four times greater when feeding from a hay net versus feeding from the ground. As far as bedding, wood shavings have been shown to be much better as there is 30 times more respirable dust with hay and straw bedding than wood shavings and pelleted feed. I'm Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The 8th Annual City Nature Challenge is coming up. Jessica Domel has the details in today's Wildlife Report. Texans, it is time to engage in a little healthy competition. The 8th Annual City Nature Challenge kicks off Friday, April 28th and runs through Sunday, May 1st. The challenge is a friendly competition between 15 Texas metropolitan areas, and the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department is encouraging all Texans to participate by exploring nature in their immediate surroundings, outside their front doors, in their yard, or anywhere that nature can be found and safely and responsibly explored. Participants are encouraged to explore nature with their family, a group, or alone and embrace the collective aspect of sharing observations online with a digital community. TPWD says it's also an opportunity to celebrate the healing power of nature safely while documenting local biodiversity. All you have to do is enter your observations of plants, animals, and fungi on the free mobile app iNaturalist using hashtag CityNatureChallenge. You can also help people identify their observations on the app between May 2nd and 7th. Again, that is on the iNaturalist app. Use hashtag CityNatureChallenge. You can also look at other people's observations on the app and on social media using that hashtag. According to TPWD, last year Texas metropolitan areas joined 419 other cities in a worldwide celebration of the resilience of urban nature that logged in more than 1.6 million observations of more than 50,000 species by 67,000 people. 
Additional information is available on the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department website. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. The cattle market traded both sides of unchanged on Thursday while cotton and grains took a big drop. We'll check out all of the livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. As planting season begins across the country, the American Seed Trade Association reminds farmers to follow the basic steps for seed treatment stewardship. Follow directions on seed container labeling. Eliminate weeds in the field prior to planting. Minimize dust by using advanced seed flow lubricants. Be aware of honeybees and hives located near the field. Ensure that any spilled seeds are removed or covered by soil to protect wildlife and the environment. And remove all treated seed left in equipment. For more information, visit seed-treatment-guide.com or contact your seed dealer. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. The cattle market traded both sides of unchanged in Thursday's session. On the close, we ended mixed on the live cattle market, mostly higher for feeder cattle. That nearby April live cattle contract pulling back again with a $1.32 loss to close at one seventy four ten. June live cattle up $0.75, cents, one sixty four thirty five, while August was up 67 at 163.42. Feeders closing mostly higher. Nearby April up 35 cents, 205.02. May feeders up $1.87, 212.35. With August feeder cattle up 275 to close at 229.52. Cash fed cattle market seeing some sales here in Texas and southern feedlots at 175. That is steady with last week's trade. Up north, We see sales at 180 on a live basis, 288 dressed. Those prices down two to three bucks compared to last week. Boxed beef prices mixed Thursday choice up a dollar fifty two at three oh seven forty four. Select was down two ninety four at two eighty eight fifty two. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. Benny Cox, producers in Cargyle, my guest. Benny, you sold sheep and goats Tuesday. How did it go? Well, we ended up with 8103, and we sold them all at one day. We were through right up, oh, just before 8 o'clock last night. Uh, we got along pretty good for the numbers. This market was sure a good deal softer again. Yesterday, we had a, we had a couple of nice sets of wool feeder lambs. You know, lambs that are getting docked. They were, you know, hair type. Um, they were 15 to $20 lower, and they were they were really nice sheep. Just this market backed off some. Uh, the slaughter hair lambs, they were kind of 20 to $30 lower. Slaughter used 10 to 15 lower. These kid goats were 10 to 15 thing lower as well and i saying that the very top end certainly might not have been that much softer you know those really neat 55 to 60 pounders that were high percentage boar kind you know they might have been closer to kind of five to ten lower i guess on those the really top end uh your slaughter nannies over a dollar to a dollar 61 but mostly 136 to 154 uh the slaughter bell 180 to 240 was right to, uh, on those uh your wool feeder lamps some of those uh heavier weight lambs kind of all right 205 up to 230 on some lighter weight and those lighter weights would have been kind of 65 pounds or so. Uh, your slaughter lambs, uh, hair sheep type, the light end of those, $2 to 268 and heavier weights, 160 to 239 on the slaughter ewes, 70 to 111, but mostly 80 to 99. On the kid goats, 240 to 420. Very, very few of those things over about 405 uh, on the really top end, but mostly 345 to 383. 
Well, tell everybody how to get a hold of you. Well, they call me on my mobile. It's 325-234-4277. The office is the same area code, 653-3371. Or you can always look at the web, which is producersandcargyle.com. Benny, thank you very much. All right. Talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Adios. And neighbor, we'll talk to you tomorrow on Walking the Pins on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. I'm Larry Marble. You're listening to us on Texas Ag Today. Back over to the futures market now. We're lean hogs took a big drop in Thursday's trade. May hogs dropped a dollar ninety-five, seventy-six eighty-two. June hogs down a dollar thirty-five, eighty-five oh seven. Class three milk closed mixed. April contract unchanged, eighteen sixty-four hundred weight. With May milk up eight cents, seventeen forty-three hundred. Big drop in the cotton market in Thursday's session, a very disappointing export sales report and renewed fears of recession all weighing heavily on the market. In fact, the nearby May contract was limit down 400 points to close at 79.24. July cotton down 356 points, 80.09, with December down 292 points, 80.58 cents. Corn and wheat also coming under pressure. Corn market dropping lower on word that inspections of Ukrainian vessels had resumed after Russia had paused them. May corn dropping eight and a half, six sixty-three and three quarters. July corn down ten and a half, six twenty-six a bushel, with September corn down six, five sixty-two and a half. Big drop in the wheat market, mainly on the weather forecast. Looks like we have some better chances for rain in the Great Plains, hard red winter wheat growing areas. That weighed heavily on July Kansas City wheat. It was down 23 points, 826 and three quarters, while July soft wheat down 12 and three quarters at 680 a bushel. In the energy markets, May natural gas unchanged at 222. May West Texas crude down a dollar 87, 77, 29 a barrel. The financial market slightly lower Thursday afternoon. The Dow down 110 points, 33,786. The Nasdaq down 97 at 12,059. The S&P down 24 at 4,129. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. I'm Kerry Martin. Hope to see you back here next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the U.S. of A., Texas Agriculture. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or dfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.